Hey everyone, this is another preview for part three of our 70s rank and file upsurge stories that we've been doing. This one having lots of stories about women workers fighting back with their rank and file movements, and then also the Teamsters for a Democratic Union. This little excerpt is from that second part. And if you want the whole episode, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash workstoppage. We are an entirely listener-supported show, so we appreciate everyone who's willing to contribute. And if you can't afford to, go ahead and jump in the Discord and message one of the admins. We'd be happy to hook you up with this. I hope you enjoy the preview. Solidarity forever. These successes that we were talking about of the rank-and-file push for a better contract led 35 members of the TDC and UPS Surge to officially form the TDU as a permanent rank-and-file caucus on June 5th, 1976. They were able to send one delegate, Pete Camarada, to that year's Teamsters convention where he proposed several... several resolutions aiming to reform the union. President Fitzsimmons responded by telling the TDU to go to hell and and had the TDU representatives physically assaulted, but their efforts to fight for a democratic union inspired other union members, and the caucus held its first convention two months later with over 250 delegates from locals across the country. It's so wild how when people who want to reform an institution from the inside, an institution that maybe had radical origins or was founded originally as a militant workers' rights organization, as soon as you have people who are like, let's hold true to those principles again, all of a sudden leadership is like, I'm sorry, I'm a Democrat. (laughs) I don't want anything to (laughs) fucking change ever. Please just do as you're told. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the stories from this era, like... You know, we talked in the segment on the UAW. Mm-hmm. We had Doug Frazier, a guy who had led flying squadrons in the 40s and, and 30s to unionize places like Ford and, and GM. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, now in the presidency, or close to it, I think he was a vice president at the time, turning around and leading groups to break strikes yep. and force people back to work. And here, you know, you have the guy who succeeded uh, Hoffa, who was his... I know this is a loaded term, but in this case, it is quite literally this hand-picked successor. Right. Uh, like, responding to one person. That's the other thing. This is one delegate at a convention that has hundreds of delegates at it. Uh, I think, actually, it might be thousands now. But, like, so it's this one guy who, like, isn't going to really by himself be able to do anything, even if you're like worried about your power being challenged. And they're just like so mad at the idea that anybody would question their leadership. It's just like, no, nah, fuck it. Rough them up. Right. Well, and I love that the TDU like wasn't deterred by this at all. Yeah. They immediately regrouped and held their own convention two months later and managed to pull 250 delegates in from locals across the country, which is also like, it's the 70s, and you are managing to organize 250 people from around one of the largest nations on Earth to all come together in one place. That's that's incredibly impressive, frankly. Like that yeah. that goes underappreciated today because we have like Facebook and stuff. But like that was very very hard to do. Yeah, the, you need a lot of people who have really big phone trees. Yes. back then. To organize this, like, which sounds like now, you know, when everybody has a phone in their pocket, we have things like email and, right. and stuff. Like, it sounds goofy that you, you know, oh, this per, what's this person's job? Well, they have phone numbers to call uh, twenty other people who can call twenty other people. That was really important, and and like, I think it also shows 
the level of frustration mm-hmm. within the Teamsters with the leadership that there, that there were hundreds of people willing to travel across the country at very short notice for this group that just formed out of nowhere. Right. That, that there was really a, a, a real movement and, and a real desire by so many of the rank and file to change things about how the union was being run. Yeah, right. Not exactly out of nowhere, but but yes, basically. Yeah. yeah. yeah but the, and that initial burst of intensity was absolutely not a flash in the pan. I mean, we saw them carry that momentum on extremely strongly and extremely quickly. So within two years, the TDU had established a national office, elected a national steering committee, hired a full-time organizer, and launched its newspaper, Convoy. The caucus prepared national campaigns around the national contract, as well as the national union conventions. On the ground, TDU members also organized around day-to-day shop floor struggles, pushed back against aggressive productivity standards, and fought to make the system of steward selection more democratic. In 1979, partly due to pressure from the TDU, once again, the Teamsters' leadership reluctantly called a nationwide freight strike, which was joined by car and steel haulers, winning all three groups significantly better contracts. So, you you know, once again, the power of the workers themselves and the power of these radical organizations, or maybe militant is a better word, organizations, um, doesn't just win games for like the people who are concerned with that particular little sub-organization. It wins games for the entire membership. And sometimes even memberships... Uh, are, were these car and steel haulers also Teamsters? They were just employed by a different company or yeah because the the car and steel haulers were not under the national master okay okay had a separate agreement right but you bring them in and all of a sudden now you're improving conditions for even more people even more quickly it's just it's a win 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 you can keep saying win as long as you want it and you're increasing your ranks (laughs) yeah exactly there's no downside so um tragically Just as the TDU reform movement was gaining steam, the bottom fell out of the U.S. labor movement. Deregulation, which we alluded to earlier, devastated Teamster dominance of the trucking industry, encouraging the formation of myriad new non-union trucking firms and destroying the union's ability to take freight labor out of competition. The decline of the industry also led to a decline in militancy, slowing down what had been a surging movement for internal reform. And I mean, this is something we've talked about before. This is where you see a lot of... uh, truck drivers get converted to the owner-operator model, which Mm -hmm. in many ways uh, is the original version of what we see now with weird gig economy things. They basically gigified these these Teamster workers. Yeah, exactly. And and this is the sort of thing. This is exactly the sort of, like, the deregulation hit trucking specifically hard, Mm -hmm. but this whole period, once you pass that midpoint in the 70s, you hit that really big global capitalist crisis. That ended up being the death knell for a lot of the reform movements in this period, just because like U.S. labor across the board was up against the wall at this period. And so it became just so much harder to get folks who were at this point concerned about whether they were even going to have a job in mm-hmm. a week or two, like to also be engaged in, hey, uh, our union leadership is shitty. And we also, in addition to just fighting to make sure you have a job tomorrow, can you also come and spend all this effort on to try and reform the union and to fight for more like harder and better contracts? Like, it's like it, it, it becomes so much harder in these periods to make those sorts of campaigns, which is one of the reasons why the TDU is so impressive is because they didn't fold during right. this period. Well, and it's all, I mean, it, it, belies the way in which deregulation is a structural 
attack mm-hmm. on unions, which is something that I think a lot of people don't talk about very much. When they think of regulation yeah. or deregulation, they just think about like consumer safety and like product quality and stuff like that. When really, like, there's so 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 much more to it. But as you said. The TDU absolutely did not abandon the fight in the face of this. So in 1983, Teamsters president Jackie Presser tried to sign a secret contract rider that would have slashed workers' wages, but when the issue was made public by the TDU, workers voted down the contract provision 9 to 1. The TDU also (laughs) rallied resistance to a concessionary freight contract in 1985, succeeding in helping workers vote it down and fight for a better one. Car haulers, where TDU influence was strong, voted down their concession-filled contract by 80%. So, you know, even in the face of all of this, the TDU isn't just not giving up. They're also continuing to get important and impressive results, which I think is, you know really impressive that they're doing this during this time where maybe their access to a lot of resources has been kind of limited uh, over time. I also think this is a really great illustration of what you can do, what reform movements are capable of, even when they're small. Like, like, because at this point, you know, the TDU is not in power. They're not the majority. They haven't won, you know, all these big executive posts at the convention. They're still hamstrung by a lot of really anti-democratic rules back, you know, this is in the 80s at this point. And yet, by their organizing work, by, you know, voting, getting, explaining basically these contracts and how bullshit they were and how much workers were giving up in them, they were able to get these folks to vote these down and to to help raise consciousness of the workers broadly and pretty much, like, throughout this period, every union took major losses during this period. But the ones that at least would fight back against these shitty contracts pretty much uniformly every time ended up with at least a less bad right contract than they would have had they not. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five What a way to make a living Barely getting by It's all taking and no giving They just use your mind And they never give you credit It's enough to drive you Crazy and you let it Nine to five For service and devotion You would think that I Would deserve a fair promotion Step on the boss man's ladder, but you got dreams he'll never take away. In the same boat with a lot of your friends, waiting for the day your ship will come in and the tide's gonna turn and it's all gonna roll your way.